But now I'm going to pray for today's preacher, Tom Avery. Up you come. Tom, it's great to have you preaching, mate. Thanks, buddy. Really looking forward to what you're going to say. Let's pray for you. Father, thank you for Tom. Thank you for all that you've put in him. Thank you for him and Chloe, the kids, the family, Lord. Thank you for the adventures you've taken them on, the things you've taught them. Thank you for your faithfulness in their lives and in his life. Thank you for the deposit of your presence in him and the gifts you've given him. We pray they come alive and bless your body today as he speaks to us Mm. from your word. Amen. 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 Fantastic. Thanks, Steph. Fantastic. Good morning. You're doing well this morning. I am delighted to be speaking this morning. Delighted to be sharing God's word with you this morning. Let me grab this. Um, Let me introduce myself really quickly. My name's Tom, um, as Steph said, if you don't know me. My name's Tom. This is my wife, Chloe. Give us a wave, Chloe. There she is. Chloe's wonderful. This year, with big milestone, me and Chloe have been married 10 years. Exciting. Thank you very much. We've been married 10 years. We are Londoners. We've lived here most of our lives. We've got two sons. You might have seen them. They're like little tiny giants um, roaming around us. Uh, We've lived in London most of our lives. We've lived in quite a few bits of London, quite a few boroughs, worked in quite a few boroughs, but we're still getting to know this amazing city that we call home. So that's a little bit of us. I'm delighted to welcome you here this morning if you're new to Rev or perhaps you're new to church, perhaps you're new to this whole thing, you are so welcome here. Let me tell you what we're doing now. I'm going to speak for around 30 minutes. I'm going to read a bit from the Bible. I'm going to pray a bit. I'm going to share some of what this passage we read is about, some explanation. I might read a few other writers, things that people have said about some other passages from the Bible which say the same kind of thing. That's just to take away the mystery of what this is about. It's about us hearing God's work, God's word. It's about us hearing this word that we believe is live and active. Hearing his word that is described by itself like a sword. It should cut right to our hearts. It should say something. So this morning, if you hear God saying something, if you feel something, that's, that's what it should be happening, all right? So I'm going to read a little to you. I'm going to read a passage, as Steph said, from Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. If you want to find it in your Bibles, if you've got a Bible, we're, we're in chapter 3. We've been in this book for a little while as a church, and we'll continue in it. We're going to work through this book together. Um, this book, which is a series of songs or a series of poems between two lovers, a male and a female, two, two people who are singing to each other, writing poems to one another. Much of it's written in the woman's voice, much of it's written in the man's voice. Today we come to a passage which is predominantly in the woman's voice. Let me read it to you. Should come up behind me as well. Yeah, there it is. On my bed, night after night, I sought him whom my soul loves. I sought him but did not find him. I must arise now and go about the city. In the streets and in the squares, I must seek him whom my soul loves. I sought him but did not find him. The watchman who made the rounds in the city found me, and I said, Have you seen him whom my soul loves? Scarcely had I left them. When I found him whom my soul loves, I held on to him and would not let him go, until I brought him to my mother's house and into the room of her who conceived me. Here we switch to the, to the man's voice. I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the hinds of the field, that you will not arouse or awaken my love until she pleases. 
Let me pray for us this morning. God, we know your word is powerful. God, we know you are an active God. Lord, we say we want to hear you this morning. Would you speak to us this morning? Would you change us again this morning? Would you call us afresh to follow after you? Jesus, we say we love you. We love your presence. We desire it again this morning. Amen. This um, book, Song of Songs, is uh, it's a rather strange one. People might ask, how does it fit into the Bible? How does it fit into the whole story of the Bible, the narrative that runs across the Bible? Because there's a story that runs across the whole Bible, like an arc, a narrative arc that runs right across it. And this unusual sort of series of poems, which don't mention God, people might ask, where do they, how, does they, how do they fit in? How does that work? It's when you realise that, yes, it's a very human story, a, a love story. It is a human love story, passionate love between a man and a woman. Yes, it is that. But when you realise that it's also read, it's been read since it was written, it's been read by Jewish readers, it's read by Christian readers, there's also a picture of the love story between God and his people, between Yahweh and Israel, between Christ and the church. It's when you realise that, that you realise it doesn't just fit in the narrative arc, it contains within it the heart of that story, the great story of God's passionate pursuit of his people. That's what we're reading about. And we come this morning to an interesting bit in the story. It's a, it's a kind of lull an ebb, the tide sort of goes out, we take a breath and you think, really, is that, are we there, is this happening? You see the song, like a good story, it's a bit like a roller coaster, ups and downs, twists and turns, highs and lows, and we plunge in this bit to a sort of fresh low. Last week, not last week, two weeks ago, when we were together here, uh, Luke and Sarah shared so wonderfully from the last passage where we have the winter ending. We have the lover being able to say, my beloved is mine and I am his. And then we come shooting downwards into the dark to verse 1, chapter 3. On my bed, night after night, I sought him whom my soul loves. I sought him but did not find him. Suddenly, we're in a dark tunnel. Um, one of Chloe and I's favourite programmes um, has started in the last few seasons doing that kind of fashionable thing of mid-season finales. You kind of stops the season there and you've got to wait for like three months to pick up the story. And they, they follow the same kind of pattern. You probably watch shows, the same kind of thing. Mid-season finale, you know you're plunging to some, some depth. That you, what? You just did... They, what happened? They don't, no, they can't have died. That can't... They've been, no, that hasn't happened. Really? That's where we are. That's this moment. It's like a mid, really? We go from my beloved is mine and I am his to I sought him night after night and I did not find him. The world's come crashing down. And when we come to this kind of passage, it leaves us with questions. There's big questions to ask. When we find ourselves in a moment like this, in a moment which a really famous 16th century writer called uh, John of the Cross called the dark night of the soul. When we find ourselves in the dark, we have big questions to ask. 
when we find ourselves in a place where it feels like God is absent, it feels like there's an empty place on the bed beside us. No dip in the pillow. Gone. There's big questions to ask. What is it? What do we do when we feel this tangible absence, this sense of God's absence? What does it mean for us to seek the one whom our soul loves? Maybe we ask ourselves, what if I go out into the night and I don't find him? What happens then? These are big questions. I'm not going to tell you what your dark night is like, because we've all had them. We all know that life is full of ups and downs, twists and turns. We know that life plunges us into dark tunnels. And we all have those questions to ask. Maybe you're here and you're looking in. This is new to you. you but actually, you hear that and you think, isn't that, that is what life's like, right? Life does feel like in the dark. It does feel empty. There's something missing. Maybe you've not experienced the intimacy of a loving God like we've been singing about this morning. Maybe you've not experienced that, but you've experienced this. You've experienced dark nights of the soul. These questions that we're going to ask and answer this morning are critical questions for all of us. Thankfully, we don't have to wait three months for the season to restart again. We get it right here in the text. What we're going to find this morning is that absence isn't something. I know I'm saying something really obvious there, but absence isn't something. You see, absence itself isn't the painful part. What's painful is the lack of presence. Absence contains within it the echo of presence. It contains within it the echo of God's presence. You see, this absence speaks of the God who is present. That's what we're going to be talking about this morning. We're going to be talking about our right response to that feeling that longing is right, that searching is right, that pursuit is right, and that hoping in finding will not put us to shame. Before we get there, let's rewind a bit and let's talk about this search. Let's talk about the search. Uh, let's talk about the question behind the search. Why do we search? Why does anyone search? We search because there's something worth seeking. That's what we're talking about here. There is an echo. There is something there where we say, this, I, I need something. I need something. Blaise Pascal, who's a mathematician, French, he was a French mathematician and philosopher, he put it like this, all men seek happiness. This is without exception. Whatever different means they employ, they all tend to this end. The cause of some going to war and others avoiding it is the same desire in both, attended with different views. They will never take the least step but to this object. This is the motive of every action of every man. Seeking happiness is the motive of every action of every person. It's what we're looking for. David Foster Wallace, who was a writer, an American uh, novelist, he said this, in the day-to-day -day trenches of adult life, there is actually no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshipping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. You see what he's saying? There, there is no atheism. No one doesn't have a God. 
We all put our trust and our hope in something. That's what we do as humans. We're all looking for the one whom our soul loves. It's the position of the human heart to seek something to love. Whether it's money, whether it's stuff, possessions, whether it's relationships, whether it's position, power, whether what we seek is inactivity, whether it's, I just want a quiet life. We're looking for the thing which will truly satisfy our souls, the one we can put our trust and our hope into. This is what we do on our bed night after night. I sought him whom my soul loves. I want to say to you this morning that longing for something, that's an echo of something that's been lost. It's the presence of the creator calling to us. If, if you are here and you're sitting thinking, yeah, I, that is, I do, I seek after something. There's a... Um, uh, Paul the Apostle, who, who much of his writings in the, in the New Testament, there's a, a moment in the Acts of the Apostles, which is like the story of the Apostles' Acts, doing things, traveling. He travels around a lot, and he comes to Athens, and he, in Athens, this is um, Acts 17, if you, if you want to find it. Um, it's in Acts 17, and he's gone around the city, and he's found, like, idols, statues, and altars, and things that people are worshipping. And he sees one that says, to an unknown god. And then he comes to this moment, he's standing on a hill called Mars Hill, and he says that he's going to tell them about this God. I'm going to tell you who the unknown God is. I'm going to tell you what it is you're seeking after. You are looking for the one who made all people. He's, he's the, the, the unknown God, he's the one who made all people. This is what he says. He made all people that they would seek God if they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each of us. I'm telling you this morning, we, we seek, we search for him, the one who is not far from each of us. Psalm 42 says this, Oh my God, my soul is in despair within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of the Jordan and the peaks of Hermon from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the sound of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have rolled over me. Deep calls to deep at the sound of God. Something deep within us calls to something that can only be answered in the depths of God. More than that, God calls into our emptiness, into our despair, into that sense of absence we hear God. This is what I want to say to you this morning. If you're here and you're looking in and you don't think, I, I, don't, I don't know this Jesus, this God you've been singing about, listen, God calls. God calls. That deep longing within you, that is the calling of God to something which truly can satisfy. Let's talk a little about this search and some promises that go alongside it. This search and some promises. Because if you are here and you know and you love the Lord, when we find ourselves in the dark, the echo we hear, the, the, the reminder that of the presence of God is laced with promise. We should hear it off the back of chapter 2 where it says, My beloved is mine and I am his. This has been declared. One of our sons, um, he's a bit of a one with promises. And by that I mean if he hears any, any suggestion we might be doing something, he hears it, he remembers it, he holds on to it, and then later on he says, But you said we were going to. And I think, did I? When did I? I don't even remember. I, really, did we? And you have to think back and you think... No, he's right. We did actually mention we might possibly 
watch that particular film or whatever it was. He holds it, he remembers it, and he repeats it back to us. That's how God expects us to be with his promises. God doesn't forget. God's not like me. He doesn't go, did I? He doesn't. There's no mites or maybes. You know, when I've said, yeah, we could watch that. That's a maybe to me, but God doesn't say things like that. God is full of certainty. His promises are certain. We're meant to hold on to his promises like a child to a parent. We're meant to hold them, remember them, to repeat them back to ourselves, to God. When you read this passage, I don't see the lover seeking in despair. There's a sense of certainty about her. I must arise now and go about the city. In the streets and in the squares, I must seek him whom my soul loves. I must. There's a determination behind it. She seeks in the promise of the winter gone. She seeks in the promise of my beloved is mine and I am his. If you're a Christian here and you know life can be dark, we know there are great and grand promises that have been declared over us. He will be our God and we will be his people. A chosen people, a royal priesthood, a people for his own possession. I will never leave you or desert you. I won't leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. I will abide with you. I will work out all things for the good of those who love me. He is called Emmanuel, God with us. He's called us friends. He's called us children. He's called us heirs. We are his and he is ours. My beloved is mine and I am his. Is the promise we can hold to as we seek after him. We recognise that the absence is an echo of presence and we know what that presence is about because we have had promise declared over us. Let me read you a little bit more of Psalm 42. The psalmist starts, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. We meet the psalmist in his own dark night of the soul. I, I so want God, but my tears have been my food. that I don't find him here. The psalmist ends, why do you despair, O my soul? And why have you become disturbed within me? Hoping God, but I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. We can do what the psalmist does there. We can speak promise to our soul and say, why would you despair? Hoping God, I shall yet praise him. When, when we feel that absence, we can speak into that absence. The promises that hold whether God feels absent or whether he feels present. There's more certainty, though, behind our search. There's more certainty behind the search of the lover. It's not just promise. There's hope within it. Let me read you um, something from Romans 5. Romans 5, 5 says this. Hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who, has, who was given to us. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. 
The love of God has been poured out into our hearts. That's what's happened if you are a Christian. If you've come to know God, through the Spirit, the love of God has been poured out into your hearts. What does that mean? It means we don't just trust to promise. We don't just trust to these great and grand promises, but we have experience with God that we can look to when we feel like he is absent. Um, as I said, it's me and Chloe's 10-year anniversary this week. Let me rewind the clock for you. I want you to imagine we go back to um, just totally distracted. My son's at the door at the back. Chloe, would you? No, he's gone. There we go. Okay. He's gone. Um, I want to rewind the clock. Back to our first date. Okay, so I, we've met, Chloe, we know each other a little bit. We've introduced by some friends, kind of matchmaking. Grateful to them now. Very grateful. Um, and I, I've said to Chloe, why don't we meet up sometime, get to know each other. Let's meet at London Bridge and we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll have a walk around a bit. And Chloe goes to London Bridge, the day, the time, and I'm not there. I don't turn up. I don't, this isn't the story. I did, all right? That's, sorry, let me just clarify. I did. Oh, the story's long and winding. I won't tell you the whole story. I did. I did turn up. All right. Imagine I didn't. Imagine I didn't turn up. All right. <laughs> Oops. Chloe, she might send a text and say, where are you? She might not be as polite as that. She might send a text. Is she going to call me? Maybe. Oh, we don't each other that. We don't know each other that well. She's not going to wait that long. She's certainly not going to come searching for me, right? Let's go to this week, Thursday, our 10-year anniversary. And I say to Chloe, right, this is the plan. We're going to meet here. We're going to, this is what we're going to do. And Chloe gets there, and I don't turn up. I, I did, all right? We were there. It's been all right. I don't turn up. How many texts does she send? How many calls does she make? How long and hard does she try to contact me? And then how long and hard does she search for me? How long and hard does she chase after where I'm meant to be, the echo of where I am? You see, when God seems absent, it's not just a promise we lean on. It's an experience. You see, Chloe has experienced the fact that I love her and that I will be there. How much more so the God who has poured his love into our hearts. We have experienced his love. It is known to us. Let me read you a little more from Romans 5. It goes on. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. For while we were still helpless, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly dare for a righteous, die for a righteous man, though perhaps for the good man someone would dare even to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Just hear this. That verb demonstrates, that's present tense. The verb died is past tense. You see what's going on, this ultimate act of love that has taken place, that Christ has died for us, died in our place, died for those who are not even good, dared to die for us, is demonstrated. It's active and ongoing. The love of God poured into our hearts, the Holy Spirit's presence with us, the God who abides with us. You see, when we feel the absence of God, 
when we feel that God is absent, I'm carefully rephrasing there, we feel that God is absent. We can trust not only to experience, but to promise, but to an experience of a God whose love has been poured into our heart, who dwells with us. We hear his presence echoing, saying our hope in him will not be put to shame. Let's come now to this finding then. Let's come to this finding. The watchmen who make their rounds in the city found me. And I said, have you seen him whom my soul loves? Let me speak to you a moment again. If you're, you're new to this, you're looking in, you're not, you're, you're not sure what this is. Maybe you're thinking, there's something here. I trust that God is speaking to you. because That's what he promises in his word. He speaks through his word. And what I want to say to you this morning is, if you're asking some questions about this, you're asking people about, have you seen the one whom my soul, have you found it? I'm going to say this morning, you've got a choice to make this morning. I read you a bit of a quote uh, by David Foster Wallace earlier. I only read you a little bit. I'm going to read you the rest. I read, I read you all of it, but I'll read you the rest as well. In the day-to-day trenches of adult life, there is actually no such thing as atheism. There is no such thing as not worshipping. Everybody worships. The only choice we get is what to worship. And an outstanding reason for choosing some sort of God or spiritual type thing is worship. Uh, to worship is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are where you tap real meaning in life, then you'll never have enough. Never feel you have enough. It's the truth. Worship your own body and beauty and sexual allure and you will always feel ugly. And when time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally plant you. Worship power, you will feel weak and afraid and you'll need ever more power over others to keep that fear at bay. Worship your intellect being seen as smart and you'll end up feeling stupid, a fraud, always on the verge of being found out and so on. David Foster Wallace is making the point there that We all have one choice. Your choice is who you worship and what you worship. His point there is that some things leave you worse off. Some things promise everything and leave you destitute. There's only one whom our soul loves who fully satisfies. I want to say to you this morning, God is to be found Jesus says in the book of Matthew, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who receives, who asks, receives. He who seeks finds to him who knocks, it will be opened. This is what it says in Song of Songs. Scarcely had I left them when my, I found him whom my soul loves. I want to say to you this morning, the one whom your soul desires is to be found. I want to ask you in a little while if, if you want to find him, if you want to ask some more questions about it, if you want to talk about that. But right now I'm going to give you a little time to think about that. If you're new to this this morning, or maybe you've been in church a bit and you're thinking, do I, is this, do I want to follow? Do I want to seek? Do I want to find him whom my soul loves? I'm going to come back to you later. I want to give you a chance to say yes. I'm going to make it really easy for you. All I'm going to ask you to do is stick a hand up and come and talk to someone a little bit later on. I'll give you some time to think about that, though. 
I'll come back to you later. <clears throat> okay. Believers, people who know and love God to us, you see, this, this moment when we feel God is absent, we recognize something. We recognize that God is not absent. He never is absent. The truth is we are a found people. We are a people who have been found by God. Let me quite take you quickly to John 14. This is just, I, I love this passage. I've spent a long time in this recently. It's just wonderful. This is Jesus. Um, he's, uh, he's broken bread with the, with the disciples in the upper room. This is just before he's, before he's, um, um, before uh, Judas has betrayed him, before he's been arrested, he's there. This is, this is like the last moment he gets to speak to his disciples in, in this way before he comes back. Um, he's speaking about the Spirit. He's speaking about the Holy Spirit being given. He says this, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. After a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. You in me and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will, not, will be loved by my father. And I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Um, Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, what then has happened that you are going to disclose yourself to us and not to the world? But Jesus answered him and said, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him, and we will come to him and make our abode with him. That's the promise of God. That's our experience of God, that he has made his abode with us, the indwelling God, the God who lives with us, Emmanuel, God with us. If you know God this morning... Your experience is one who is your experience is of one who dwells with you. And the call on you this morning, whether you feel God absent in your situation right now or whether you don't, the call on all of us is to seek after the one whom our soul loves, the one we have found who has found us. We seek after fresh experience of him. We seek after God's love poured into our heart afresh. As I said, Chloe and I have been married 10 years. I, some of our conversation this week has been looking back. We did a little diagram of our, our life on the back of a menu, as you do, very romantic moment, of our life. So what's happened in this 10 years? But much of our conversation has been looking forward. What experiences are to come? What are we to seek? What fresh depths are there to find? What love is there to pursue in, what does this look like in 20 years, in, in 30 years? What does this look like? Our responsibility, our response to God's calling into that feeling of absence is to seek him afresh. When I found him whom my soul loves, I held on to him and would not let him go until I'd brought him to my mother's house and into the room of her who conceived me. When deep calls to deep, our response 
must always be that of the psalmist to say, as the deer pants for water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for you, for the living God. We want you, the one whom our soul desires. We want your spirit. We want your presence tangibly amongst us. There's a call on us as individuals. There's a call on us as a church. You see, we we live in a pretty dark age. I'm not going to get into whose age is darker than whose. But we live in a pretty dark age. We live in a pretty dark city. We live in the night. We are called to be a temple built up to house the spirit of God. That's who we are as a church. We must pursue the spirit of God. Let me read you a quick um, quote from this uh, excellent book on this book, Song of Songs. This is um, Charles Spurgeon, who was a 19th century um, church planter and preacher uh, who was in London in a pretty dark time in a pretty dark city. He said this about the church. His presence is the glory of the church of God. When she is without it, she is shorn of her strength. When she possesses it, all good things ensue. Brethren, if a church be without the spirit of God in it, it may have a name to live, but it is dead. And you know that after death, there follows corruption, corruption, which breeds foulness and disease. We must have Christ in the church, or the body, which was meant to be the medium of the greatest good, becomes the source of the grossest evil. Let the spirit of God be in the church. Then there is power given to all our ministries, whether they be ministries of public testimony and the preaching of the word or ministries of holy love amongst the brethren or ministries of individual earnestness to the outside world. They will be, all be clothed with energy in the fullness of the power of the Lord Jesus. Listen, if we're to reach this city, if we're to reach people in Camden, we need his presence so badly. We need the spirit of God amongst us. We're going to spend some time responding to God. I'm going to ask the band to come up. I think the first one we're going to do is we're going to stand together. So can I ask you to stand? We're going to respond together as a church. We're going to respond together to say, God, we want your presence amongst us. We want you. I'm going to give you a time. I'm going to come back in a moment. I'm going to ask you if if you'll particularly experience a moment where you just feel God is absent. We want to pray with you. If you have felt God speaking to you particularly about that, we want to to pray with you. But right now, I just want to speak to you. If you are new to this whole thing, if you are new to church, or, or perhaps you've never made a choice. You've not made this choice about who to worship, but this morning you feel like, actually, yeah, I do want to. Make it. I want to ask a question. I want to ask more about this. I want to talk to somebody about this. I do. I want to talk to somebody about this. I'm going to ask you in a moment just to stick a hand up. I'll tell you what we're going to do as a church. We're just going to close our eyes because we're going to prepare ourselves to, to worship again, to seek God. But maybe this is you and you think, you know what, I, want, I do. I want to ask some questions. 
I'm going to make it really easy for you this morning because you know what? This moment where you put your hand up, that's not it, okay? This is the start of a journey. But this is a moment where you say, I want to I, I ask those questions a bit more. And all I'm going to ask you to do is if, if you stick your hand up, we're going to come, we're going to have a, a chat. That's all we're going to do. We're going to talk a bit more about this. So in a moment, I'm just going to give you a chance if that's you. If you have felt God speaking this morning, if you know, yeah, there's something, I want to be found. I want to have the experience of the love of God poured into my heart. I want to know a promise over me that I am his and he is mine. I want to know a God who fulfills. I don't want to be chasing after things which eat me alive. If that's you, all I'm going to ask you to do is just, just put a hand up. So this is that moment. If this is you, just put a hand in the air. We're going to stay here a moment. Just give you a chance if that is you. And you have heard God speaking to you this morning. If you want to ask some more questions about this. I'm going to ask you just to put your hand up for a moment. Give me a quick wave. So we're going to move on in a moment. We're going to we're going to sing together. If that's you and you you're thinking, ah, oh, did I miss my chance? I'm going to say to you, absolutely not. I am utterly convinced there are people here this morning who God is speaking to you about this. If you just want to ask a question, I'd love you to come and talk to me at the end. Come talk to me, come and talk to Steph, come talk to Luke or to Rich. Come and talk to somebody about this. Come and ask us the questions. We'd love to talk to you about it. All right. We're going to sing together. Listen, this morning, um, you guys, church, this morning, God is calling us to seek him afresh. And that's what we're going to do for a moment. We're going to sing. We're going to seek him. This is a moment for you and God, for you to say, God, I do. I want more of you. I want to know your presence. I want to seek after you. Let's sing together. Let's lift our voices. Let's seek him.